We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello and welcome to Unscripted, the film show. I am Cecilia and in the studio with me is Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hello and happy birthday to my brother because I know he will be listening to oh, this uh, later on. birthday. It won't be his birthday anymore because he'll listen to the um, the podcast later on. But um, yes, it is his birthday oh, today. There you go. Um, so... Halloween has happened. It has happened. It's we we had a gone. nice time. Did, Did you, you get people knocking on your door or you you didn't put out the stuff so no one came knocking? Well, I finished work quite late. So uh, yep. by the time, when, well, when I was driving home, I was like, oh, I might see some trick-or-treaters, mm-hmm. but didn't see anyone out. So a big oh. white area, didn't put anything out. But, yeah, I didn't see anybody. But I wonder but, if, yeah. it, you know, it's because of the area yes. I'm in. Whereas maybe the more family type areas would have had a few people. Yes, where mm-hmm. we live is very much lots and lots of families. So mm-hmm. there were heaps of kids walking around dressed up and Ooh. lots of places, um, you know, with with giving out stuff. And there's one place that, because we go trick-or-treating with Bryce's mate every year and they're his family, and there's one guy that's there and they're like, let's go and see the scary man. <laughs> because he's genuinely scary. Like some people take Halloween a little bit too far. Yeah. I understand decorating and stuff, but these two guys put like the scariest mask on and they like do, they sit there not moving and then they do the big scare. And Bryce's mate's brother is, he's only three. So he did it to him and you could see the bottom lip quiver and we're all going, ha ha, that's really funny. It's really funny. Um, and, he, and then he calmed down and he goes, he almost scared me. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, nah, oh, he totally scared you, mate. Oh. So yeah, but it was brilliant. I went to my boss's Halloween party this uh, on Saturday. This is how I know I've moved into a good team. Is that my boss has a Halloween party? That's pretty cool. Halloween is like Christmas for her, so it was it was awesome. Lots of decorations and. You know, I feel like that's the benefit sometimes with America having all these traditions like Thanksgiving, mm. having Halloween. There's more parties. There is more parties. more parties. And we all made like food that was like Halloween themed. Like mm. I made little cookies shaped like ghosts mm. and I tried to make chocolate dipped strawberries that looked like ghosts. But I mean, they didn't and that's okay. I had made jelly with eyeballs in it and... Yeah, it was fun. That that is fun. I like that. Yeah. I I quite enjoy Halloween. I just feel like there's just yeah, it just doesn't seem to be a big big thing. But at the same time, you just got to find the right places. Yeah, to go and, it's you know. it's massive in our little town, and I think 
or our little area and I think it's just because there's so many little kids mm-hmm. and I remember back in the day trying to do it when we were younger and people would be like, what, it, we don't do Halloween here and then trying to give you like little snacks and stuff. I'm like, thanks. I got a like juice, six pack of juice boxes once. <laughs> I was like, he's like, oh, here you go. I'm like, you could have just slid it open and given like yeah. one to some more anyway. But, so. Bryce got to some place and they'd run out and they felt so bad that they went inside and got him a, an oat bar. <laughs> I mean, you know, an oat bar. It's all right. I mean, so, yeah, but it was it was fun. Um, but I bring this up because obviously it's Halloween. Lewis is not here because he's um, having a – he's finally – he and his wife are finally having a bit of a, a proper break. They haven't had a proper break for a while. Um, they're over in the eastern states enjoying a, a lovely cruise and just having a nice time. Um, but I just thought I'd explain – why why there was only two of us um but there i was told about a a horror movie that's on netflix mm-hmm. that's called let them in and i'm like isn't that the title of that vampire movie that came out and then there was another version of it with chloe yeah. grace mortez let the right one in oh that's that where i'm called? getting it confused that's that's the the vampire one that was based on which was like a swedish yeah, movie they, that got developed um, I um, just jumped onto Netflix because I feel like I know the film that you were talking about because it's been kind I of... I cannot find it <clears throat> on IMDb, but they, I've been told it's brand new. Um, it's Australian. I've watched the trailer, but do you think I can find it? So my assumption is that my friends have given me um, the wrong movie title and because of my algorithms on, and ne- on Netflix, I cannot find it. So, but it looks really intriguing and they said they that they really enjoyed it and it was really well done but oh, I'm gonna have to if I want to watch it I'm gonna have to watch it on um, a very small screen <laughs> so there's a couple of new things on Netflix at the moment actually um, all the light we cannot see is like a World War two um, series that follows I believe there's a blind character in there I haven't done a whole lot of research but it's got Mark Ruffalo in it and uh so I'll probably be ending up watching that um and a tv series called Bodies which is really interesting um I'm only two episodes in at the moment and it's in four different time periods it's like the 1890s the 19 uh, 1941 um, 19, oh, 2023 and then the future, like 2050 something. And it's all, they all four detectives that are in this each time period, mm. uh, are investigating a possible murder because they find a, a dead, a naked dead body, um, in, in Whitechapel basically. And it's the same guy it's the same, like he's he's positioned exactly the same. His injuries are exactly the same, and they're all kind of trying to figure out how it all happened, mm. and somehow it's all linked. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I think there's eight episodes or something, so there's not too many episodes to get through. But I I mainly got into it because I was like, oh, Stephen Graham's in this. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Stephen Graham, and um, he's he's like in the future version of of this um of this TV series, and I think he might be playing someone who's 
and maybe got ulterior motives. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And I read some reviews and someone's like, yay, a series that actually wraps up and answers the questions at the end. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, it's an ambiguous one. Like, <sighs> I'm going to be satisfied. Days, aren't they? But, but whether it's going to be a satisfying end or not, mm-hmm. that's, that's different. Because sometimes with those quirky TV series, when they wrap it up, you're like, oh. it's like the whole you know, the force being midichlorians, like a, a blood disease thing. It's like, well, that's kind of disappointing. I don't know if that's really ended up being the truth for Star Wars or not, but anyway. But did you end up finding the um, the horror movie that... No, I, I feel like it's weird because I feel like it popped up um, a while ago on my thing and now all of a sudden I can't find it. So. Oh, well, if anyone can find it, please let me know what it's called because... Uh, I think I'm getting um, informed of the wrong information. It It is a a film. film. It is a film, uh, an Australian film. And speaking of Australian films, uh, obviously we had the news last week that Nicolas Cage was in town down south filming a a film. A film. film. And uh, Daisy Ridley, it's been announced, Daisy Ridley will be in Perth or down south um, in February next year. Uh, filming another movie. So uh, WA's getting quite a few really, really big names to, to do a to lot of movies down south. So that's, that's cool. I've also seen uh, two Aussie films recently, which I'll probably talk about later in the show, one called Mercy Road and another called The Cost. Um, oh yeah, I'm so interested to hear your version, your your um, review of the cost because I watched. You guys the, reviewed it, yeah. I, I watched it mm-hmm. and re- I've reviewed it. I've reviewed it a few weeks ago, but I'm interested to hear somebody else's point of view. Cool. Just because uh, sometimes it's just good to to hear a second point of view. I have a British film to talk about later in the show because the. Um, British Film Festival has started as of yesterday and it runs until the 29th of November. So there is a plethora of movies to choose Mm -hmm. from. You've got everything from documentaries to um, dramas and comedies and, you know, old films that they've got playing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I shall be talking about that film and, um, yeah. Whatever else we have to talk about. I know, whatever else Um, pops into our lovely little brains. I did watch um, a film called Old Dads on Netflix, which has been out. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. I feel like I've um, seen that pop up on my thing as well. Yeah, it's it's a new comedy from comedian Bill Burr and I think it is based on his stand-up comedy material and which in turn is partly based on his own life. And I think... Bill Burr's a bit of an acquired taste. You yeah. kind of love him or you hate him. And I quite enjoy him. But the, the film is about three dads. You've got Jack, played by Burr, Connor, played by Bobby uh, Cannavale, uh, who I love. Um, I also and- love. You've just sold me. <laughs> and uh, Mike, played by uh, Bokeem Woodbine. But they're all best mates, um, business partners, but they're all middle-aged dads so they've had kind of children later on in life mm. um and since then times have really changed uh but the the film is really a kind of men behaving badly type comedy in which the trio find themselves navigating this world of the gen z mm. and you know burr spends a lot of time poking fun at political correctness and how that has changed over time um you can't just go in and say things that you normally what well, that you used to so it's a bit divisive but I think that's the point of the film. He's asking us to stop being so offended by everything. Yeah. So I have to admit, I have not laughed 
quite this hard for a long time. However, it is a little cringy in parts. And I think that, um, yes, yeah, some people will be offended. So if you are easily offended, don't watch it. If you aren't, then give it a go. If you like Burr, you'll love the film. It does bounce a little bit quickly um, from kind of one story arc to another. But I think it's more about the comedy and, yeah, this idea of, yeah, why are we so offended with everything? So check it out. It's on Netflix uh, if you like Burr. Uh, like I say, though, if you are easily offended, you might want to uh, avoid this one. <laughs> well, our researcher on the ground, Alan, has uh, messaged me and thank you, you have completely solved the puzzle. Woohoo! Woohoo! It is a, an Australian film that did definitely come out this year and it's called Talk To Me. But it's not on Netflix. Maybe it was for a short time, but it's actually only available currently to rent on Apple TV. So if you feel like um, watching a a little horror film and supporting Australian um, film, Mm -hmm. I would suggest that. Not because I've seen it myself, but just because I've had uh, a few people mention it to me, but none of them have got the name of it correct. Yeah, I've seen it. where you can find it. Maybe I did see it on Apple, but maybe it was potentially hanging around somewhere else. But, uh, yeah, no, it sounds good. I'll probably, um, yeah, check it out. So um, I swear I saw it, though, before, just when I was on Netflix. Yeah, but. I'm wondering if it, if um, it maybe was on there for a little millisecond and then went back somewhere else just and now so. it's only available presently on Apple um to to rent but you know what that's not a bad thing seven bucks that's the price of yeah. a large coffee oh yeah um <laughs> and coffee is expensive these days isn't it? it is expensive this is why i have my own coffee machine i don't buy coffees <laughs> anymore if i can avoid it because they are very expensive and have you you've completely stopped drinking coffee are you still I, on the no coffee train no coffee i just this is so bizarre developed this aversion to coffee after drinking at least a minimum one a day, but sometimes up to three. Mm. Barista made, I love barista made coffee and yeah, all of a sudden can't drink it. I just don't like the taste of it anymore. This is so, so weird. weird. The entire time I've known you, mm-hmm. you've been a complete coffee fiend. So. I know. I always have my coffee. I know. Even at night time you'll have one. Mm, absolutely. So, so crazy. I have been drinking chai lattes though every now and again. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, very strange. So I'm just drinking juice and water. How exciting. I know, we are exciting people. Well, on that note, we might go to a sponsor and be back to give a review. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. That was the sweet voice of Lewis, who is not in the studio. He is uh, out gallivanting. Well, not gallivanting, actually. He's on a cruise ship. Yeah, uh, which he could be gallivanting on a on, cruise ship. He could be gallivanting on the cruise ship. I now have a really interesting image of him on the deck of the cruise ship, gallivanting, like his arms are flailing wildly. He's wearing some board shorts. He's got a flower in his hair and he's singing, fa-la-la-la. So he's had a few beers, so maybe I think he's so. feeling a bit, you know, happy. Good yeah. on you, Lewis. Sounds like um, you're having a good time. <laughs> sounds like from you're my delusion. A great time. <laughs> uh, we we hope you are anyway. But uh, films, I have seen a few Aussie films of late. Yeah. So one is called Mercy Road. This was released uh, on the 26th of October. So actually, not that long ago. Uh, still in cinemas now, so you can still catch it. But it's. Uh, Australian thriller from director John Curran, who did the film Tracks, which oh, you yeah. and I reviewed 
many years ago. Yeah, um, this is the one the based on a true story one. Um, yeah, with the the young lass who goes cross country with the camel and the yeah, and, and yeah. the dog. I actually heard a, an interview with her on the radio. I think her name's recently. Robin. Yes, Robin. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, she's um fascinating. Uh, she's like, oh, she I never intended is. to write a book. I didn't want any publicity. She just yeah. did it because she wanted to. I think her mother had uh, died when she was mm. quite young, horrifically. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of a journey for her. Yeah, but uh, I liked that film. Me too. Um, I loved that film, and I think it was a great way to to see Australia mm. and a different part of Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a little bit of a different film. We meet yeah. this guy called Tom, played by Luke Bracey, and he's really flustered about something uh, when we're introduced to him. It's then we learn that his 12-year-old daughter, Ruby, has gone missing. Uh, He is being blamed for her disappearance by his ex-wife and the authorities. Uh, Meanwhile, he gets this call from this, you know, mysterious stranger and he claims to know the whereabouts of Ruby and he's kind of given an hour to find her. Um, But it's all set in a... Like, like the duration of the film takes place inside a car kind of during the night along this deserted highway. So the entire film is filmed in the car and most of the camera work is pretty much just on him the entire time. So I like the intimacy of that. You can mm. see his, you know, facial expressions, his, you know, you know, frustration and, you know, it, the ambience of the film is quite dark. It's quite foggy. So, you know, it's it's nice to look at and it starts as a bit of a drama thriller but then it progresses into that psychological thriller territory. Mm. And I would say there's this um, – there is an ambiguous ending. Uh, it's mind over matter type scenario. Oh, okay. So I don't think it, – it didn't quite meet the likes of the film Lock – which starred Tom Hardy. Similar I was kind of scenario. just trying to find the name of that movie. Yeah. Yep. But look, I think overall there was some suspense there. I think it's just that kind of, you know, ambiguous ending, you know, kind of that psychological thriller component. It was a little bit hard to understand. So I think it started out strong, mm-hmm. didn't quite finish um, strong, but still I think a really well-made film, Yeah, uh, particularly low budget, uh, one setting, one character, all communication is done over the phone. Uh, so overall I think it was still like an entertaining enough film. It's it's a really hard task to do a mm. one character type movie and I think to do it successfully is really difficult mm-hmm. and I think probably the most successful one I've seen is Buried. I mm-hmm. think that's what it's called with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, yeah. Um, I can't remember whether you do see other people or you'll literally just have people on the phone because my memory is just him in a box mm-hmm. and people on the phone and that film was so incredibly tense and you know, just so well done. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a hard task, definitely. It is a hard task. Uh, so, yeah, I liked the film. I am sitting on the fence, so I'm going to probably score it two and a half spiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, maybe I'm being a little harsh, maybe three, but it is in cinemas now, so go check it out for yourself. Again, I think a well-made film. I think the story just fizzles out a little bit or it doesn't quite go in the direction that it could go in. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I think it's still a strong 
strong film. And, yeah, I think those types of films... Uh, there was one a few years ago called Elevator as well where oh. there was a group of people in an elevator. It is this sounds, M. Night Shyamalan? Potentially, yeah, I think it is. It sounds bizarre, but within there, someone's possessed by a devil and it's, they're trying to work out who it is. Mm. Uh, and that kept me kind of... I, I thought, oh, this sounds so stupid. Yeah. But then I watched it and I was like, oh, it's actually quite good. Um, but, yeah, Buried was fantastic and I think there's, yeah, I, I enjoy a film with one kind of setting. Yeah, me too. Mm. Or a condensed time frame, like yeah. when when something's happening over one night or just mm-hmm. a few hours or um, I really love films that use time effectively. Yeah. Even, you know, films that are like this movie is an hour and a half long mm-hmm. and you see every single hour and a half on the screen. Yeah. That I love too. Um, yeah, that, that sort of stuff really. Yeah. Well, this plays out pretty much in real time yeah. as well, which kind of, yeah, you feel that intensity, but yeah, it was just the ending that kind of goes, oh, sometimes you, you an ambiguous ending is okay. And sometimes you want yeah a conclusion or an answer or, or something. And I felt like that's just what I wanted in this film Yeah, because I got to a point where it was very murky and I was like, where, what do you, what direction is this taking? But mm. still overall, uh, good film and it's always good to support Aussie films. Yeah. Um, So I reviewed The Cost a few weeks ago, Mm. which I initially started watching and was not too sure whether I was going to get into it or not, but I very much did get into it and I found it really tense and interesting Um, and I love a moral dilemma Mm -hmm. and I I think Australia makes some really great films that look into moral dilemmas Mm -hmm. and I think back to Jindabyne which is probably one of my all-time favorite Australian films this movie is completely different but it does have that element of this is a criminal thing Mm -hmm. um and where's the I mean what they what happened in Jindabyne was flat out horrible and definitely morally wrong um but yeah, and and then I also think about um, other yeah. Why is it? It's out of my head at the moment. The square, which we always mm-hmm. bang on about. Um, so, what did you think of the cost? So, just yeah. to remind people, maybe give people a quick synopsis of the film. Yeah, so it's a film set over the course of about forty eight hours. Yeah, and you meet these two men, David uh, and his brother-in-law, Aaron, and they've abducted this man and they're taking him to a rural property. And as the film kind of unravels, we begin to learn why this man has been abducted uh, and that David and Aaron are seeking, you know, vengeance for a horrific crime that he, you know, committed a decade earlier. And I don't know how much you guys went into the detail. I tried to avoid too much detail because I felt like too much would yeah I didn't want to give too much much away but I think yeah you know we learn that they've been planning this for a while and you know their their plan is really to torture and leave this man for dead but you know I think the question then is you know how far would someone go for revenge and as you mentioned there's that you know conscious and you know morality aspect Mm. that come into play with the film and you know the men kind of start to want or at least one of them starts to wonder you know are we doing the right thing but I think the film's quite confronting. I think there was a little bit of, you know, brutality in the beginning. But what I think this film did well was 
there wasn't a lot of torture or brutality. Yes. I think that would have taken this film to a whole new genre level. I think I was going to say it would have mm. turned it into, instead of like a suspense thriller, mm. it would have been more of a horror. And it's definitely yeah. not a horror film. There are some not so pleasant things that happen in it, mm. uh, obviously, because of the content. But it's it really is more about that... Um, that struggle in that they're having internally, one particular, yeah. uh, and then his struggle internally with should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. Doesn't this make me as bad as him? Yeah. Um, and then trying to have that conversation with his, you know, the other person. With the other person. Mm-hmm. So, I think, yeah. So for me, it was like, I'm so glad this wasn't a film of an hour and a half of them torturing this person. Oh, yeah. That would have been horrible. That. Yeah. Um, but like, I overall, I thought the performances were really strong and I liked the way that it was shot. There was that transition from day to night. And yeah. Now, daytime and then in the nighttime, like they're getting by with those little lamps on mm. their head. Um, I liked I, the visit from the, the neighbor. Yeah. Like the unexpected, because mm-hmm. that's what you've, you've always got to throw something in there. The spanner in the works, hey? And yeah. I just thought that was perfect and mm-hmm. it set things up so well. Yeah, I, th- I felt like it really held my attention, yes. this film. So, yeah. I mean, look, I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, it would make my top ten. No. Uh, but I enjoyed the film enough to keep watching it through to the end. Yeah. And, you know, I liked that it didn't go too far into that brutality torture side mm. and it, it stuck more with the... Yeah, morality side of things. So. so the cost is not available at cinemas, but it is available on streaming services and to rent. So Support if you're Aussie interested. Films. Yeah, Keeps 100%. Um, yeah, which is fantastic. So, yeah. Shall we take another? Oh, I've got a few minutes before we well, need to take a break. Well, did you want like, because another film that I have talked about was The Dive. Yes. Um, but I'm intrigued to see your, to hear your perspective because I think it was a drawn out film and there's not a whole lot happening even though there is something quite drastic happening Mm -hmm. and again to remind people this is two sisters who go on a dive in a remote area there's a rock fall and one of them gets trapped under a rock and the other sister has to try to um, find a way to get her out of there Mm -hmm. to get help um, try to get back to the car and and get some some more air for her for a start because she's going to run out of air um and the whole question is is she actually going to save her Mm. and i think with most of these movies i think the outcome is always quite obvious and for i don't know about you but for me i felt like the outcome was not obvious for me i felt like Uh, yeah no no i i see your point because yeah yeah, I, I wasn't sure either, to be honest. Yeah. I think that, I think there's, I wouldn't say it's a standout film, but I think there was enough of those nail-biting moments to mm. keep you interested, particularly that moment where she's like, you've got 22 minutes mm-hmm. to get me a new bottle of air. And then she does. And then, yeah, so it's quite suspenseful. I think that this, the narrative ran out of steam a little bit because they had to flesh it out with, like, flashbacks. And, and I think what they missed was not enough flashbacks because you could tell there was something that had happened to one of the sisters, but I don't think they ever really delved into that far enough. I feel like they gave you an answer, but I didn't feel like it was because it felt more like whatever happened was recent, Mm -hmm. but the flashbacks they were showing were from their childhood. Yeah. So I felt like something was missing here and why why have they not addressed that? But are they doing that because... I mean, she's clearly depressed, um, 
But are they were they doing that to point out the fact that there's sometimes not a reason why people are depressed? Yeah. Well, there seemed like there was definitely conflict between the two in the beginning. Yeah, then, like she yeah. just left and... And then those yeah. flashbacks to when they were kids. But I feel like there was... That kind of fleshed out the narrative when they were yeah but I, I also felt like it didn't reveal enough either to really understand mm. but maybe that's the point maybe they didn't want you to dig too deep into that and just know that there was I don't know something going on but I know it is a remake of a um oh. Swedish film called Breaking Surface so okay. I wonder if that uh, I might even watch that and just compare the two and see because I know that sometimes when they remake these films they try and yeah maybe add more to it but uh yeah, I think anything underwater, though, is quite scary, isn't it? Oh, yeah. For me, yeah, I'm not great with <laughs> with open water. Think, you know, this, you know, all the, the decompression stuff and the mm-hmm. hypoxia and things that you can deal with. Like, diving such a dangerous thing. Oh, my God. I couldn't even think mm. about it. Yeah, I found it. I watched it on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those who have listened to the show long enough know that if I think I'm going to be kind of freaked out by mm-hmm. the movie, I'll watch it on my phone uh, because I don't want the immersive experience because I think for some things it's too scary. Too scary. <laughs> too scary. Um, and, yeah, it was going to definitely be a little bit too much for me. But, uh, yeah, it definitely had some I- interesting elements but I feel like certain things... Uh, when there was not enough information for some things. I really liked the scene where she's trying not to think and, of course, what pops into her head is a song that she hates Um, (laughs) and it's almost like um, it's a callback to I think it was a guy who was trapped um, with a broken leg on a glacier or something like that but he escaped and then the whole time he couldn't get this particular song mm-hmm. out of his head. Now, I could be completely getting that wrong and he could have escaped something else, but um, he definitely had a song in his head that was not the best song um, and it just, yeah, got stuck in his head and he couldn't get it out. Mm. So I, I, liked, I liked seeing that. And I also liked the fact that they didn't fully wrap up right at the end. Yeah. I, I kind of like a movie that does that. Yeah. So, yeah, it had good bits and, and not, yeah. not a whole lot of plot. Not quite as good as like 127 Hours with like James Franco stuck between the rock. I, I mean, never watch that movie I don't, again. Yeah, neither would I. But I think that probably, yeah, I, I liked that yes. a lot. I mean, kind of different films but similar in a way that you've got people trapped. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, I think this is enough to, you know, hold your interest. And there wasn't a lot of thinking that you had to do with this film. No. So, you know, sometimes those are good. But, um, yeah, so overall I, I didn't mind this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we'll take a break. Let's we'll be do back it. after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Ah, uh, yes, Luna. Luna Cinemas can vouch for them. They're great. <laughs> yes, um, they do a lot for us. They do. I love their their cinemas. I love their events, their movies. I see <laughs> gems there. Just I liked the um the ad they had on recently with all the like like a ghost hunters situation with like pretending it's all spooky and uh, for Halloween. That yep, was that was cool. cool. Yeah. Um so I'm going to quickly review a movie that was that is featured in the British Film Festival. It's called The Wife and Her House Husband. And it's a film that uh, it's a relatively small independent film. And the during the COVID pandemic, the writer and director Marcus McCow set up an online acting class via Zoom, and 
through that, they collaborate, uh, collaborate, collaborated and improvised so- stories and stuff like that. And so this is one of the things that w- was created out of this um, pandemic Zoom oh. sort of thing. Uh, there's only a few characters in it and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it feels like there's not enough in it. But it is a relatively short movie. It's under an hour and a half. So when you've got only a few characters and it feels more like a play, you don't want anything too long. So this starts out with quite a heavy scene of a couple that's getting a divorce um, and they're sitting with a mediator, but the mediator is just kind of sitting there letting things happen and they're kind of at each other's throats and... Um, Everything's kind of finalised for the divorce, um, but Cassie brings up this letter that they wrote together when they started first started going out or early on in their relationship that was basically like a guide from their past selves on what to do should they get a divorce or separate in the future so that they could leave the relationship on good terms um, and kind of remember the good times Mm. and not, you know, get so, you know, hung up on all the the stuff that happens that leads to a divorce in the first place. Um, And through through this, so initially the the husband... um, the husband, Matthew, is not fully on board with this thing. He's like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why we're doing this. Um, but there's some unfinished business between them that really kind of needs to come to the surface for them to actually really move on because the divorce is kind of a symptom of something mm-hmm. else and all the things that led to the divorce are also a symptom of something else. Mm-hmm. So it is through this movie that we discover, you know, what's happened along the way for this to happen. Um, but so initially he's not on board but then finally he's like, yeah, okay, fine, let's do it. So the first sort of thing is for them to meet up at the place where they had their first date and then there's other things along the way. It's a condensed time period as well. It's over like, you know, maybe a weekend mm-hmm. um, and there's – like I said, very few characters. There's a few very, very long scenes, which is why it feels more like a play than anything else. And, I mean, there's one scene where they're... No, actually, I'm not going to give that away because I think that's an interesting part of the movie, so I'll I'll leave it. Um, But safe to say there's a couple of scenes in there that are um, not expected... Mm -hmm. For two people who are going through a divorce, you don't expect certain things. Yeah. But they've laid it out in the letter so they're like, okay, let's let's just do this so that we can maybe leave on good terms. They've got kids together and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it's – I wouldn't say it's an amazing film but it is still – it's a really good film if you're into like – the making of films and acting and trying to make a story out of a small thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, there's, I mean, it's got a lot of really good reviews as well. Um, but that's featured uh, at the the British Film Festival, which, like I said, is uh, starting 
Well, has started yesterday, sorry, and goes for the entire month. And it's a great opportunity to see a few different things that are probably going to come out later. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that was hard to get screeners of because they will eventually, you know, come out. And and that is what happens every year. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a... A few that make a real dent and um, and then they come out and then some of them end up getting nominated for, for Oscars and what's whatnot. So if you're wanting to see stuff early, uh, now is the time to go and book some tickets and, and see it. And um, I think you were here when I was reviewing the, the Hitchcock film. Yes. Yeah, that was really, it's like a masterclass for, <laughs> for film people. So if you're into film stuff, and I think a lot of people who go to film festivals um, are interested in in mm-hmm. film in general, so um, yeah, I think there'll be a bunch of people who will be interested in seeing that. So, I know yeah. I've got my I've got the screener and I I got it and it expired before I got oh, to watch yeah. it, so I had to request another one. And I was like, thank goodness they're going to let me ha- like second yes. opportunity because I think that's pretty rare. So I've got to watch it um, before the fourth. So I'm looking forward. Oh, to seeing. you got two days. Got two, you days. Got two days to watch. Maybe it. that's tonight's homework. Uh, well, I shouldn't. It's not homework. I think I'll enjoy the film. So I don't. You know, I, I think, think you will. To be honest, yeah. As someone who's a Hitchcock fan. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think you will because, and initially I was like, this is weird because yeah. you've got a narrator that is essentially an impersonation, yes. someone doing an impersonation of Hitchcock. Yeah. And so for the first 10 minutes, you're like, this is really weird. But then it starts, you know, you get into the movies and they show lots of scenes from movies mm-hmm. and it's like, it just makes you want to go and watch yeah, a Hitchcock watch film. It. Yeah. Because then you learn about all the, like, the subtext. Yeah. And- you know, his camera work and, and why he did certain things the way he did and then you want to watch them to see that on the screen. So, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to watching the film. Uh, and, yeah, I think, yeah, film festivals are fantastic for just seeing a huge array of different genres and, you know, films and stories and things like that. So it's good to see, uh, yeah, things things coming out just because I feel like films, have, there's been a little bit of, it's been a bit slow in terms yeah. of, like, I guess, big, big blockbuster releases, I I should say, rather than... I think there's a lot of indie films still leaking through, but you don't kind of hear the... Uh yeah, the the big blockbuster stuff at the moment. It's yeah, it's slow. So, and I'm I'm tending to just want to have something on in the background while I'm doing my puzzle, which I've been doing for almost a year. <laughs> um, and I started watching a TV series on Netflix called Unwell, and each episode delves into like an alternative therapy and kind of Ooh. breaks it down. So I've only watched two episodes so far. The first one was about. Um, essential oils and you know you have all those MLMs that are trying to sell mm-hmm. uh, they're like pyramid sc- yeah you know yeah. <laughs> pyramid schemes um, yeah and just you've got scientists talking about essential oils and then you've got people who are fully on board mm-hmm. talking about them so it's a really well balanced kind of docu-series yeah not uh, too biased I guess yeah no um and then, so I can't remember what the second episode was about, actually. Um, but then there's another episode, I think, on fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people are into their intermittent mm. intermittent fasting. So, yeah, it goes into, like, all those kind of natural therapies and kind of breaks it down and has scientists and people who are really on board with them. And it's kind of interesting because yeah. you wouldn't normally get both sides of the story. Sometimes you get fed just 
one piece of information because that's kind of what the documentary is trying to tell you mm-hmm. is that this is the best thing ever or this is a complete bunk science. You don't normally get both sides of the story. So that's fascinating. I like the yeah. idea of that because there's just so many alternative, you know, therapies and things out there for people to try. And it's like, what is it? What is it? You know, scientifically, yeah. you know, and yeah, I think we've and got. And I think. I think it's a good this this docu series is a good balance because at the end of the day you still walk away kind of thinking well you know what if someone feels like they're getting a benefit from someone mm-hmm. something and it's a placebo effect then who am I to tell them and I don't know I'm not a scientist so and I like the smell of lavender I find it relaxing so yeah. maybe it is a thing I so, mean you know having a bit of lavender in your house you know diffusing I mean that's not a bad thing. No, but I think you're right. I think you know if if it's not hurting anybody else, it's not hurting the person, mm. and they like it. I mean, just yeah, yeah. I who guess, am I to say? Yeah, but I mean, I, and then I guess there's those types of things that people do though that where they do the push MLMs an are a little sometimes. bit the yeah. MLMs are a little bit full on. Mm. But yeah, no, oh, it sounds fascinating. I think I have yeah. seen it pop up, so I might add that to the old watch list. I've been really into docos lately. Just you know, listening to same because often. I have book, definitely have book narcolepsy and often TV movie narcolepsy. So, but I also like to have the sound of something Mm -hmm. as I'm falling to sleep. And sometimes, you know, a movie or a show doesn't do that. But if you've got a documentary, there's lots of talking, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I watched the, the big vape the other week. Oh, I started mm. to watch that and I got about 10 minutes in and I'm like, I'm not in the mental headspace for this. Yeah. So I left it. What yeah. was it like? I enjoyed it. I watched, you know, it to the end and I think, you know, the biggest thing was this company and I cannot even remember the name of the company, um, trying to bring an alternative to smoking tobacco, mm. which we know is unhealthy for you. So how can they do it that's, I guess, healthier? Mm. And, you know, the idea is obviously burning tobacco is worse. Um, so if you can vape it, then it's slightly different. But there was all this controversy about the way that they actually promoted their product. Mm. They promoted it in a way that it was like all these young kids being cool and, mm. and vaping. And the idea initially was to try and get less people to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Um, but in in turn a lot of kids started smoking these vape big yeah. devices, which, yep. you know, aren't, you know, we ha- are learning are pretty, pretty bad too. Yeah. There's so. just like, just like everything, there's, there's not enough science currently, mm. but generally speaking, I think anything that falls into the addiction realm yeah. is always going to be a problem. No one's addicted to anything that's good to them. No, not at you know, all. You know, I mean, people still, people do get addicted to eating right and and exercising and stuff, mm-hmm. but also at what, at what cost. So Yeah, I think it was the way that they marketed the marketed that's not a word the way they yeah they, marketed the yeah word. the way they marketed the product it was mm. less about hey let's try and be healthier and this is your healthy alternative yeah but more about hey kids you guys should start doing it because it's definitely healthy but you know we, we don't know enough about it and you know yeah. clearly the documentary too highlighted that there was you know a serious outbreak of kids ending up in hospital with you know serious lung issues wow. as a result of I think because because they don't have there's not as many restrictions around exactly y- you know and the flavors they sit there and do it 
constantly. Yeah. And they were promoting these delicious flavours like yeah. raspberry, mint, um, mango. Which so, to me seems absolutely weird and it's almost like advertising lolly water. Like, exactly. You and know. that's what it was. So that was the controversy. You know, yeah. this company, this startup who wanted to try and get people to be healthier but then it ended up kind of backfiring Yeah, in a way. So, so that's the big vape and it's on Netflix. It so is, yeah. it turns out we're watching a lot of Netflix at the moment. We are watching a lot of Netflix. Um, I do have one more sponsor. So Let's do I'll it. play that and then we'll come back and talk about more. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We are back. Um, yeah. Oops. I got an invite for a film called Thanksgiving, but I actually don't know anything about it. And I have no. a feeling this might be a it's scary a horror, film. Yes, um, I didn't. I didn't reply because I I looked at it and I assumed that unless it's on your phone, you're not going to watch it. <laughs> oh, it yeah. is. It is. It's a. It's by Eli Roth, though. A very renowned. Yeah, um, director. But, but I just figure, you know, we've got three people doing the show. Uh, you're the. Do we all need to go and see? Do we the horror all film? need to go and see it? Do we all need to see it? Yeah, it is uh, an axe wielding maniac terrorizes residents of Plymouth uh, after Pl- a black Plymouth. Plymouth, thank you. Plymouth. Plymouth. <laughs> you're as Plymouth. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> there's a street in in Wellard called Yarmouth. <laughs> Yarmouth. And people at my work keep accidentally saying, your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Is it your mouth? No, it's Um, Yarmouth. Plymouth. Plymouth, thank you. Plymouth. Um, No, let's call it Plymouth. Plymouth, Plymouth, that's very Aussie. Uh, But, yeah, after Black Friday. um, And, yeah, picking off victims one by one. So, yeah, clearly a horror film. Mm. I I don't think it's going to be any good, but it does have – it's got Addison Rae in, who I think is like a YouTubing – Oh, Sensation, gosh. who has lots of followers. So, again, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, this, I'm like, you're not selling this to me <laughs> That's even at worse. All. Uh, but, look, I'm going to go see it. You've got to give it to the people. Um, and then also Napoleon will be coming out soon too. Yes, with, I just um, had that um, invite. Which looks great. So. Uh, it is Ridley Scott. I, I feel like it's going to be a long movie. Um, and it's got your queen, uh, your queen... Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix in it. So um, I am looking forward to that one. And uh, we got sent the new trailer for Ferrari, uh, which is based on the very famous uh, person who created Ferrari from from the bottom. So I'm super interested in seeing that as a Ferrari supporter myself. Oh, so maybe... wearing my Carlos Sainz hat today out in the sun. It was very sunny and... Hot. So maybe we can um, maybe I take retract that statement about the big blockbusters. There are things coming there out. Ca- there is things coming out, just not currently because essentially, um, I guess the big summer blockbusters had already kind of been and gone. And now what's starting to happen is they're starting to push out the Oscar bait stuff. Yeah. So the true. Napoleon, you know, historic character, um, there's going to be makeup and costume involved, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's that's what s- tends to come out in this time period, Oscar bait stuff. Yes. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to some of those um, releases making their way out. Um, Do you know what? I'm going to have to get rid of Binge because they sent me a message to say it's going up to $18 a month. What? Yeah. What? I, I got it for um, one particular thing, I think, but now I'm, I'm going to have to keep it for a couple more weeks because I am I am watching something that's like one episode at a time. 
And I'm like, well, now I'm going to have to keep it for at least another two months. Um, and $18 a month is, that's that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. It's um, ridiculous. That is actually ridiculous. Oh, uh, Secrets of Miss America. That sounds interesting. Let's watch it. I know. Let's I watch it right now. Oh, and it's new. It's a documentary. It's on binge. Uh, I just thought I'd be like, oh, what's on binge that I need to watch before I get rid of it? And there you go. Mm. That's one of them. That looks interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's lots of good stuff coming out too. There's another film called Saltburn, which kind of piqued my interest. Um, Is this from the guy who made The Lobster? No. Because it has a very lobster feel. It does because I think one of the dudes, Barry um, Kean, is a regular for... The guy who, the did, guy the who did the lobster. Who I should know his name, but I don't. I'm going to um, have a look at... Uh, I'm sh- I'm surprised it's not the same director, to be honest. the director who did the films uh, The Danish Girl, uh, Anna Karenina. Ah, uh, Karenina. Uh, Karenina, thank you. Uh, Emerald Lily Fennell. So, uh, okay. But, yeah, it does look like a lobster-type scenario and yeah. the killing of a sacred deer. Yeah. Uh, which was... They, so they're both yeah. made by uh, Yorgos... Lanthimos. Thank you. I do know that. No wonder we forgot. I I never saw Killing of a Sacred Deer, but that that's the the film that has um, the young Barry Barry Keown. Yeah, and he seems to be the um, kind of centre of this film. He plays a young university student who becomes infatuated with his uh, one of his schoolmates, uh, who is kind of wealthy and, mm. you know, a part of an eccentric family. So I don't know much more than that, I think. Um, I tried to watch the trailer to it and I was just like, you know what, I don't think this is for me. Not for me, but it's also got um, Richard E. Grant, uh, Carrie Mulligan is in this film and Rosamund Pike. So good cast. But I think for me, I, I like this type of stuff. So it's kind of got me interested Uh and, yeah, I quite enjoyed The Killing of a Sacred Deer and even though it's not the same director, but I think it still has it that has kind of feel. It has the same feel. feel. It's, um, um, somebody really rudely said to me today that I think there's seven weeks left till Christmas. Please no. Please no. Um, so we're going to actually have to start thinking or compiling what we've seen this year mm-hmm. so we can successfully do a top ten and bottom five. I don't think I have a bottom five to be honest, because I've been really selective with what I've watched this year. Yeah. And so I feel like, and I think that kind of happened last year as well. I feel like I was really selective with what I watched. So I don't think I have a bottom five. I've got yeah. movies that are like maybe two and a half, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like it's right to put them in a bottom five. It's Yeah, I see. Because somebody navigate. else is going to enjoy that film maybe. Yes, yes. Unless, yeah, it is hard. Maybe we just do a top ten. It's possible it takes us long enough to get through the 30 films, but it they're does. always a diverse group of We tend films, to always so. rush the last bit and, yeah. and the bottom five anyway. Yeah. So maybe we just skip that part because I think you're right. I think since COVID times, mm-hmm. we have been more selective in what we choose to see. And I'm just too busy to squeeze yeah. in every single movie. It's I so hard to squeeze them in. You look back and, you know, there was a point where all of us were going to every film mm. and you know sometimes that was three a week yeah and we were able to then say right this is definitely a bottom five well I had a child and I also now work full time yeah, so it's like look. I'm just too freaking exhausted so um, this is why I love screeners and streaming but anyway um, um 
that is something to think about. We will have to head off um, because there's only a couple of minutes left and we're going to finish with a song because we are That's what we always on, on do Radio here. Fremantle. Um, um, but do join us on the, on the socials and stuff. I hate saying that. Thanks, Unscript tonight for listening and we'll be back next week talking about more films. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.